The San Francisco 49ers have a new defensive coordinator, former Panthers defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, will lead the defense into 2023. Coming up on today's Locked On 49ers. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers. Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you here, as always, at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Nissan. The only thing more exciting than the big game is the all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria. There's only, what, five days left until the Super Bowl. Are you ready? The Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Like four days left. It's coming quick with the Super Bowl 57 that unfortunately the 49ers aren't going to be a part of. To talk about those San Francisco 49ers today, joining us, our weekly guest, former sports anchor, uh, my buddy uh, in the radio biz from back in the day, my buddy from a former 49ers podcast, Gold Faithful, back in the day before I started doing Locked On 49ers. Mr. Nick Winkler. Nicholas Winkler, come on down. Can't believe it. I don't buy it. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. Yeah, what's up, Wink? Uh, you're looking good there with the hair slick back. Thank you. Thank you. It's about time for a trim. The sides are getting a little bit long. But, you know, maybe I'll do it for the Super Bowl. I'll look all fancy. It's, it's about time for me to get a trim, too. So. Oh, yeah. yeah you know you're what? getting long. It's a little, little bit long there, Crocky. Clean it up, Croc. Come on. I still think I, th- I still think Crocs should go with the George Jeffersons. Like throw it out around the side. <laughs> the George Jefferson, love it. Right? You know, I had like, long dreads, and um, it was it was Floyd Mayweather's dad. I used to see him in the ring, and he had dreads on the sides and in the back, but nothing in the middle. And I told really? myself, if I ever start thinning, I am not going out like this guy. So the moment <laughs> I even had a hint I was thinning, cut the dreads off. Dude, it's it's gonna come back, Croc. Now, whether you jump on that trend or not, it's going to come back. Someday, someone's going to show up in the NBA, and, and all the kids are going to start doing it. It's going to be basically the reverse of what they're doing now with, with the, the Odell, the Mahomes, right, with the, you know, where it's... Oh, there, there is the kid. There, there's the, uh, the kid that, like, he's in high school. He might be in college now. But and as a high, in high school, like sophomore, he uh-huh. already had the culture sack thing. Oh, he had a cool sack going in high and school. And he was rocking it. I mean, oh, rocking it. There it is. I, that's the next generation. Yeah. While we're talking, I'll send it to you. And w- okay. by the time I get it to you, you can give your, <laughs> your thoughts. I, I think the cold sack is going to make a hard comeback. I'm predicting that right now. And I want everyone to play it back from February 7th, uh, 2023. That I called. Croc, you could be the starter, man. You nah, could nah, be I'm the cool. one that starts the trend. I think it's a good look. I, I miss it, man. I, I miss at least some people rocking it because like nobody rocks it anymore. Mm. It's a good look. The San Francisco 49ers have a new defensive coordinator. That is yes. Steve Wilkes. Uh, the name is familiar. How do you guys feel about Steve Wilkes as the new defensive coordinator for the 49ers? It's hard with coordinators and assistant coaches because you don't really know. You can look at how their defense is ranked. Um, you know, sometimes you hear some guys talk. Steve Wilkes had a, a you know brief stint as a head coach as well, interim with the um, with the Panthers, and he was one and done with the with the Arizona Cardinals back in the day. It, it, but it's just really hard to know exactly. But when you hear him speak, I think there's one thing that's clear: is the 49ers got a leader of men on the backside of their defense there. Yeah, and that's he, important, right? 
Yeah, especially with a guy like Tomiko Ryan's leaving because you could tell he owned everything that happened in that defensive room, right? He knew he knew everything that was going on. He these guys followed him, right? And Wilkes did the same in Carolina. You saw the turnaround that when he took over, that team started winning. And yeah, they went six and six, not the best, but they were garbage before that. And he had them actually in a playoff hunt late in the, the year. So I was shocked that he didn't get really a, a another look in Carolina as the head coach again after what he did. So to, to bring him in for the 49ers, I think that's a huge hire. I'm all about leader of men. And yeah. that's one thing that was very clear when you hear him talk in some of the, uh, you know, the locker room uh, sound bites that they got. When you hear the players talk about him, uh, he's a guy that kind of got a dealt a raw stick when he got his initial head coaching uh, opportunity. But, Man, those are the guys I think players get drawn to. And we were wondering if it was going to be somebody in-house. We talked about all the reasons why it would be somebody in-house. 49ers went outside, and I've said it, and maybe I just give Kyle too much credit, but they've done an amazing job of identifying really good coaches, or at least good coaches for them. So I'm definitely all on board with this. It was a guy that looked like he might get another opportunity in Carolina. I'm anxious to dive into his defense and what it looked like and see – is he going to have to just do whatever Kyle says? Hey, I want you to run this scheme, and that's not what right. he did. Or does he? Does Kyle say, hey, I got you in here because you're a fit with what we already do? And then they kind of play off of that. Looking at the rest of the 49ers, defensive staff is kind of coming together now, and it's, it's looking like we know exactly what that's – or not exactly, but mostly what that's going to look like. They're going to have to hire probably one or two guys, but um, – the, the big news yesterday before the news of the Steve Wilkes hire, and, and this probably was, you know, kind of getting their ducks in a row, and there was probably a meeting with Wilkes and and obviously Don Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, but also with Chris Kucerik. And Chris Kucerik turned down any more opportunities with the staff for D'Amico Ryans in Houston, and he's going to stay with the San Francisco 49ers as well. And uh, Steve Wilkes was a former defensive backs coach. And D'Amico Ryans and before him, Robert Sala, were both linebackers coaches before they became defensive coordinators and then head coaches so now this is the first under Kyle Shanahan defensive or a defensive backs uh coach becomes become coordinator guy so like um I, I don't know if it makes a huge difference there but uh but you know it's the coverage is important and you got your d-line coach and you got Johnny Holland's been around forever he's the uh, linebackers coach for the 49ers so it would seem that they have pretty good expertise across the board here uh Corey Unlin who was the secondary coach previously, his contract just ran out and has not been renewed by the 49ers. So probably if you put some things together, it looks like he might be somebody that could join D'Amico Ryan's staff over there in, in Houston. Then the 49ers could potentially give Daniel Bullock's a bump, who was the safeties coach before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, and, and then maybe D'Amico will hire away assistant D-line coach, Daryl Tapp, who's been with the 49ers, who's probably deserving of being a, a D-line coach himself now. So you can kind of see how these staffs might be starting to come together with the Houston Texans and the San Francisco 49ers. But keeping Kosarek, getting Steve Wilkes, uh, I mean, you got to feel good about those those developments for the 49ers defense. When you consider what the 49ers have on the offensive side of the ball, they might lose pass game coordinator Bobby Slowick to the Houston Texans. Croc and I talked about that a little bit yesterday, um, but all in all, it, it seems like the schemes, it seems like, you know, continuity is going to be fine from the 49ers. It might be 
uh, a hire here or there. You might have to give one guy a bump uh, inside the organization up to a new spot. But one of the keys that Kyle Shanahan talked about was was continuity. He wanted to keep as many coaches as possible, and he wanted to keep the same scheme on defense. So even if Steve Wilkes plays a, a little different scheme, you know, he's he's been a 4-3 guy for the most part, uh, best I can tell throughout his entire career as a defensive coordinator. So um, I, I don't know, like – and Croc, you would have better insight here. You've got the wide nine front. How different is that playing behind, say, if you were playing more of a standard 4-3 versus a wide nine defensive line? Like how much different would that be for a coach coming in that's used to maybe deploying the defensive lineman a little bit differently? Yeah, I think, the, one, they would not have hired him if mm-hmm. their philosophy didn't marriage somehow or if he could say, hey, I am fine with this. I just have to, you know, adjust it by teaching these guys to do this. Right mm-hmm. now, I, I'm not a front seven guy, so I'm not 100% sure how the front plays off of the, you know, or that, you know, the down four guys play off of the linebackers and vice versa. But overall, uh, those are things, just little tweaks here and there with whatever your philosophy is, you can make it work. And these guys are really good. Like these coaches, they are really good. They are extremely detailed. They understand how to make things work. And a lot of it goes off of like, who is my personnel? You know, do I have the guys that are able to do that? And clearly when you look at the 49ers and what they have up front, especially when you have Nick Bosa leading the way, I think whatever adjustments they need to make to that, they'll they'll make it work. I think for Steve Wilkes too, I think it's a huge opportunity for him, right? We talked about how he got a kind of a raw deal when he first got his head coaching job. And then he was in Carolina for a while and they weren't very good. And and now he's jumping into what a perfect spot for a defensive coordinator coming like, oh, you're taking over the number one defense from a year ago. Pretty much all the key pieces are still going to be in place for you this year. Like, yeah, come on. So that, that seems like a nice soft landing spot. I'm sure he was bummed to not get that head coaching job in Carolina, but it seems like a, a nice runner-up prize. Well, soft landing spot, but uh, maybe not. Like how? Too. A lot of pressure. There, there's got to be a lot of pressure, right? Sure, like there's sure. got to be a lot of pressure. Uh, you're, you're following Robert Sala, yeah. and everyone was very high on him. And then mm-hmm. you have D'Amico Ryan's and what he's done. He, he's been tremendous. Almost feels like oh, yeah. he was a year too long before getting a head coaching job. And then now right. it's like, wait, I got to come in here and I have to kind of carry this tradition of coaches that are carrying Kyle Shanahan. Just joking, kind of. But, um, <laughs> you know, you got to carry this tradition of a defense that you can count on week in and week out. So right. uh, I'm excited to, to, to see what it looks like and really just how he feels about some of the guys that are out there. And I think that's the other thing, right? Like, D'Amico Ryans, he might know a Diamondo Lenore and, and how, what makes him tick, how he works. A new coach coming in, he might come in and say, eh, I don't know, I kind of like this uh, other guy better. Or, oh, no, we need to improve on that. So some of the players, it, it might get a little sure. weird for them. Yeah, you got to like the confidence, though, right, in Wilkes, because he knows that, right? He knows exactly yeah. what he's stepping into. And the fact that he's like, yeah, I can do this, you know, like sign me up for this. That's great. Leader of men, guy you want running your defense right there. I mean, there's pressure everywhere in the NFL, too. So he's probably likes that there's a, a job that's that's got that that sort of pedigree of playing well, players that know how to play, and he just has to coach him up a little bit, and then he knows he gets a head coaching job in two years. So yep, it's perfect. Exactly. It's a springboard, right? Right, exactly. Uh, one more note here on on how he deploys his players. Uh, we've got some man-to-man rates, blitz rates, single high, two high type of stuff here uh, versus D'Amico Ryan. Shout out to KP Calposi of Niners Nation uh, who threw out some numbers today uh, uh, about those things and uh, how 
D'Amico or how Steve Wilkes versus D'Amico Ryan's utilizes those things in his defense. And we'll talk Jimmy G and the 49ers. And of course, we will talk fifth year options for Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk and why Brandon Ayuk can stick around for a long time. You don't got to trade him off, which I've seen a lot recently. We'll get into that stuff next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talk a lot about this mobile game app, and I can't tell you how much fun we had competing against our fellow Locked On hosts. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers was the Locked On NFL champion. And uh, I, I built my I was I was turning the corner of my franchise. I, I mean, I'm late in year two in my franchise, and it's about to be a, a juggernaut. I'm, I'm slow building it because I want to build it right. Kind of like how the San Francisco 49ers took that leap in 2019 in year three of the franchise. I got my quarterback in place now. I started to get my defense in place. I'm going to add that stud pass rusher and probably Super Bowl appearance for Team Peacock in the Ultimate Football GM in year three. You can build yourself a dynasty 25 years worth, hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, navigating through franchise your franchise through free agency, and of course the NFL draft, and all the ups and downs of a season, even some things that pop up week to week that you don't expect, players getting in trouble and, and things like that. And all this in a challenging and realistic game world, Ultimate Football GM, is completely free and playable offline, play on the go, and play anywhere and when you want to. And Locked On 49ers listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise in-game when using promo code Locked On inside the game store. That's Locked On, all caps, one word, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com, ultimate football GM. Start your dynasty today. Thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day. Make sure you're checking out everything else the network has to offer, like the Peacock and Williamson NFL show daily, talking about the entire league, tons about the NFL draft, Super Bowl, uh, free agency, all season and off season long. Locked On NFL podcast, daily conversations with the biggest NFL stories, all available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, just looking at things that could be a little different. And look, Kyle wants the, the same scheme. So this might come down to where uh, the numbers more like what we saw under D'Amico Ryans than they were with Steve Wilkes' scheme in Carolina. But um, And I was actually a little surprised how much zone D'Amico Ryans' defense was playing. Because I know it was a lot of zone, but I thought they had been playing more man-to-man recently. But the 49ers under D'Amico Ryans were 30th in man-to-man rate last year. And a lot of zone on Wilkes' side as well, 26th in man-to-man rate. Blitz rate is the biggest difference, though. And again, shout-out to Kyle Posey, who dropped these numbers, and he got them from someone else, which was uh, at Acosta 32 uh, on Twitter. So thanks to those folks for, for bringing these numbers to light. Blitz rate. Steve Wilkes' defense was sixth in the NFL in blitz rate. So blitzed a lot more than D'Amico Ryan's unit was a little below average in eight, uh, 18th in blitz rate. Uh, both D'Amico Ryans and before him, Robert Salas, the defenses, they really, really like to rely on the front four getting pressure without the blitz. But Steve Wilkes a little bit more aggressive, blitzing a little bit more. Single high rate, a lot more often with Wilkes. He was 53% in single high, whereas D'Amico Ryans was 41% with single high safeties. And then uh, two high, around 40% for Steve Wilkes and 56% for D'Amico Ryans last year. So just some subtle differences there. I think the big one is blitz rate. 
Yeah, look forward to see the changes he brings in, right? And guys he brings in, too, because you know he's going to go after guys that fit his system or guys that he's played with in the past. So that that could be you know, nice yeah. to see the changes that, that he brings into the 49ers clubhouse. Uh, not Brian Burns, though, unfortunately, but that would that would be very nice. But uh, yes. Niners don't have a couple extra first rounders to throw at him. And I believe they already turned those offers down at the trade deadline for Brian Burns, even though Brian Burns speaks very highly of both Christian McCaffrey and Steve Wilkes are over on uh, on our side now over here in San Francisco. Now, can you imagine? I'm, I'm yeah. interested to see how he utilizes the secondary guys. Uh, you know, watching some of the Carolina Panthers games, especially before this guy hurt his foot. But J.C. Horn. He asked a lot of him, and he had him playing the outside. He had him playing some of that star position that you see Jalen Ramsey uh, mm-hmm. doing. And quietly, nobody's talking about it because everybody's talking about Patrick Satan, who's amazing as well. But J.C. Horn has been exceptional. And it's kind of really quiet, maybe because Carolina's just not good and he didn't have a whole lot of hype heading into this season. But does he feel like maybe Traverius Ward can be his version mm-hmm. of J.C. Horn? Yeah, well, if you look at those combinations of playing more than 50% single high and having a high blitz rate, that means you're putting a lot of pressure on your cornerbacks, right? Yeah. So yeah. you're trying to get that pressure there before uh, something big happens and some big play happens, which means uh, I'm telling Ovanga is a really good blitzer, by the way. So we might see him really utilized as that weapon, as that blitzing weapon. If you're talking about a single high, free safety over the top, two corners, Ufanga near the box and, and blitzing like crazy. I, I can see that working really well but again that puts pressure on your cornerbacks so maybe they maybe they um maybe that makes them want to spend a little money on on corner or maybe a trade at corner bring somebody in free agency who knows so so we'll see what that ends up looking like under under steve wilkes on defense so some subtle changes very likely but um you know it's never going to be exactly the same so we'll see it's going to be interesting we'll get some clues to that with the way they uh, go through free agency in the draft no doubt what do you guys make of this story? Tim Kawakami talking about the, the relationship of Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan and even John Lynch, maybe that that all kind of fell apart there at the end of the season leading up to the NFC championship game. And I know there were some folks recently talking about uh, that Jimmy maybe could have played and decided to hold himself out. Maybe, you know, I mean, nobody could have known that Brock Purdy was going to get hurt and that Jimmy Garoppolo would actually be needed to play in this football game if he was healthy. But he did have a boot on his foot you know the the week before leading up to uh the nfc championship game uh, like what nine days before the nfc championship game he still had a boot on his foot so i don't know if he would have actually been able to play in this game or not but um and and i don't know what event might have led to and and tim kawakami didn't have really any details about it either but basically someone is, is is talking inside the building that maybe there was a bad relationship there and maybe it's the the agent of jimmy garoppolo is talking about it who knows but um yeah it sounds like the 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 relationship went a little bit south at the end of the season which i don't know why after all that it would go south except for that there was a disagreement about jimmy garoppolo's injuries kyle shanahan likes certain guys and it felt like this whole time what did he really like jimmy or was he tolerating jimmy because he thought hey this is my best option to Mm. win games and if you look at the guys that he's like really drawn to right the debo samuels the george kittle the nick bosa like they're like just the football manly man guy and jimmy doesn't come off as like that like those guys he comes off of his guy hey this is a business i'm here to do my job and then i go home and that's perfectly fine unless your coach is Kyle Shanahan. And we know that he's very, he likes things a very specific way. 
and maybe the way Jimmy does things, the moment he's able to, you know, kind of cut ties away from that, he was like, all right, like, I'm done, especially if you give me any type of reason. So not sure if there's mm. a reason. You, you see some mm. different things, unconfirmed rumors kind of floating around. But o- o- overall, I think that is something that it, it probably just kind of ran its course a little bit. And he's like, all right, I'm just done with it. I mean, he was done with it last year. He had that tone right. last year, right, where it was just like, man, I don't know. And then he's like, you know what, if we can get him back on the cheap, it makes sense. We won a lot of games with him. Cool. And obviously, it, it was very beneficial to have him uh, when Trey Lance went down. But um, he, he sounds, again, kind of done with just the whole Jimmy Garoppolo thing. And the way he talks about it, like, I don't hear coaches talk about players that way. Right. Like, even last year, he was like, Peacock, we talked about it in, in the offseason. I think he was interviewing Kawakami, right? Or Kawakami was interviewing Shanahan when he said, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo will be doing well somewhere else. Like, you just don't hear coaches saying that. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, it's funny you mention all those guys, right, that, that Kyle Shanahan likes, like the Kyle Shanahan kind of guys. And I think you put Brock Purdy right in that category, too, because he's a guy that's out there working hard constantly. I love this story, too, about uh, Christian McCaffrey, how when he got there, like Purdy was one of the main guys. It's like, look, let's get this together. Let's let's get you up to speed. Like he was tutoring Christian McCaffrey and really bringing him, you know, into the team and welcoming him. And, and that's the kind of guy I think. That, that Kyle likes, the kind of guys that know the plays inside and out, that know exactly what it is and and want to put everything on the line. And, and is Jimmy that guy? I, I don't know. You talked about, you know, the ankle injury a while ago before we got on about how, you know, maybe Jimmy could have come back at the end of that season, you know, when he hurt his ankle, but he didn't because the Niners weren't in a good position. And, you know, then this year there's this unconfirmed report as well. And it's like, is Jimmy maybe looking out for himself because it is a business decision, right? What if he comes back? in this game and he hurts himself and he's out for another nine months. Like he's going to miss out on another big payday. Like he just did at the end of last season. So I, 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 to me, it's like, yeah, it would have been great to have Jimmy ready to go unless he wasn't ready to go. Right. You, you mentioned he was in a boot the, boot the week before, like he probably wasn't good to go. Cause why wouldn't the 49ers have suited him up instead of Josh Johnson, if they could have. And it's very different in, in for, for Jimmy Garoppolo He's like, look, I'm not ready to play. Or if it was like, okay, Brock Purdy got hurt in the week of practice. And he's like, exactly. Jimmy, we need you to be like, oh, well, if, if I got to play, I'll play, you know, but being the backup, maybe it wasn't a big deal. I don't know. It's that's things all speculation. We have no idea. Maybe we'll get some more quotes on this and we'll have some, some clear picture of what's going on here. But clearly, you know, it was, it was, this marriage was going to end anyway. So I don't think it really means anything anymore with Jimmy Garoppolo potentially have been able to suit up in that game. I don't know. It's so hard to say he was legitimately hurt and he had a walking boot on the week before. So I don't know. You know, it's not an obvious thing where he was holding himself out and he was hundred percent healthy or anything like that either. And, and how much would a difference would have, would he have been concussed anyway? Right. If it was him instead of Josh Johnson, that was the backup, you know what I mean? Right. So, um, but he'd been a sitting duck back there cause he couldn't move around and, and, it was, and maybe wasn't physically able to throw as well as he should be able to, cause his lower half wouldn't have been there. So, um, I don't know what would, turned out differently and if it was even if there's anything to it at all or if they're just frustrated because the guy was constantly getting hurt as a 49er but um such a such a wild path it's it's taken everybody to this point with the quarterback position for the 49ers when it comes to quarterbacks it's just like i don't even know anymore i don't know what kyle likes i don't know what he wants i don't know who's going to be good i don't know who's going to be available it's just let's let's wait and see because i have no idea about kyle shanahan quarterbacks anymore uh, I have a pretty good idea about Kyle Shanahan wide receivers, though. 
We've got some solid numbers now. We know exactly what the salaries will be for the fifth-year options from the 2020 draft class. And, of course, the 49ers had two first-rounders in 2020, Javon Kinlaw and Brandon Ayuk. Let's talk about what will happen with those fifth-year options and beyond next. Today's episode presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. How easy is Prize Picks? I'll tell you how easy. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. You're not competing against other people. You're not building an entire roster of teams. It's just you versus the projections available at Prize Picks. And you only got to pick two to six players, and you can do it every single day. Pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. And course there is nfl projections at prize picks but also this is daily fantasy you can play every day all summer long major league baseball it's about to get going nba uh pga golf college hoops almost tourney time soccer nascar mma boxing tons more projections available at prize picks to p- play daily fantasy every stinking day and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less withdrawals are safe and fast so Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize Picks will give you $50 more to play with. So don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Got to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. And if you've never heard of Built Bar before, it's probably because you never listened to Locked On 49ers before because uh, it's one of our favorites. Love myself some Built Bar, and you will too if you're looking for a delicious treat. But don't all the, want all those fat and calories. You got to try Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real chocolate. And yeah, I'm, I'm serious. Real chocolate, but they're still a low sugar, low calorie treat that is also high in protein. Unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, only 130 calories in most Built Bars with four grams of sugar, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. So you feel satisfied and you'll know when you reach for a Built Bar, you're getting a snack that is not only healthy, but is actually tasty. It's pretty unbelievable. These are actually good for you with some of the flavors you can find. You can get any flavor, any boxes at Built.com, but you can find them on your local shelves as well now, including Walmart and Sam's Club. Head over to the pharmacy section of Walmart, grab yourself a four box of Built Bars, flavors like cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, or at Sam's Club, a 13 bar box of hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And then you can thank us later. And of course, you can find all the flavors at Built.com. Here are the official numbers. This is what it'll cost for the fifth year options that need to be decided on this spring to be picked up for the fifth year of the rookie contracts from the 2020 first round draft class and for the 49ers that includes both wide receiver Brandon Ayuk and defensive tackle Javon Kinlaw. Javon Kinlaw because he doesn't meet a certain criteria of snaps and has no Pro Bowls yet it's a lower number actually even though he was drafted higher than Brandon Ayuk. So for Kinlaw's fifth year option it would cost the 49ers 10.5 million dollars in salary and that by by the way they're going into year four so this would be the salary for the 2024 season if these options were picked up. If these options are not picked up then either one of these players would be a free agent after this coming their fourth season in the NFL. And for Brandon Ayuk, that fifth year option number is $14.1 million. Uh, To me, it's a no brainer for Brandon Ayuk. If he was a free agent, he would make more than $14 million a year anyway. So 
Uh, no brainer for the 49ers to pick up the Brandon Ayuk fifth year option. And then later they can decide whether they want to do a contract before that fifth year even happens. And with Javon Kinlaw, that's the big question for me, guys. What do you think? Would you lock yourself into a $10.5 million salary for Javon Kinlaw in 2024 right now? No. No, it's Wink? pretty easy. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, the guy can't even stay healthy. Like, nah. And when he's on the field, he's not doing anything wait, wait, great. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, uh, oh, maybe. Going back? Yeah, I don't know if he's watching or not. So. <laughs> 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 we, we, and yeah. he stayed healthy let's go you just can't do it um oh, man. yeah it's 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 unfortunate yeah i'm not wearing a hat i should be all right <laughs> it's, I, I i think both of these are super easy you absolutely pick up iuk's option and there's no way you can pick up kinlaw's option he hasn't proven to be that valuable yeah. of a player for your football team yet that's just the facts it's partly because of performance and, and a lot of it is because of injury and you put those two things together and and i don't think you just can't lock yourself into a, a salary in 2024 even though 10 million dollars isn't that much if he was a starting caliber defensive tackle he just hasn't been the, the reason the, the number is that low is because he hasn't played enough snaps to prove that that right. he'd be worth that right so um it's and it's unfortunate what's gone on with with Javon Kinlaw and his career, and I feel bad for him. He came into camp in mm-hmm. such good shape too, and and that was really cool to see. It was like, oh, he's going to have that year, and it's just like, nope, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to happen. And then the way it ended too, with probably his worst game of his career against the Eagles, and in, in the, in the biggest game of his career. I, I do yeah. have a question about Ayuk, and I think we asked this before, but it, it, everyone in the audience, you guys can listen. All right, this would be the fan engaging question, but. When you draft Debo Samuel one year, second-round pick, right, you know you don't have a fifth-year option on him. Then the following year, you draft Brandon Ayuk in the first round. Do you think they had in mind that, hey, Debo's going to be great? Even though Debo had a good rookie year, right, good rookie mm-hmm. year. Was there something that maybe they saw down the line that might be an issue with Debo Samuel so they go and draft Brandon Ayuk? Because if you draft a guy in the first round, I think you expect him to be even better than who you drafted in the sure. in the second round, right? So if that's the case, you know, at some point, if we believe in Debo and we believe in Knight, like you're gonna have to pay these guys, and nobody typically is paying these receivers top top dollar, right? Like two two, two receivers, yeah, yeah. Like you don't want to pay two guys over twenty million, and and Peacock just brought up about Brandon Ayuk, if he hits the market, well, he's getting more than fourteen million a year, right? And if he goes to a team where they're like, hey. Brandon, like, we saw what you did, and we'll actually throw the ball to you more. Are we talking about mm-hmm. a 1,300-yard receiver every year, right, with more opportunity? So when you look at it that way, do why do you think the 49ers did that? Because it, I don't think that's something that was not like, – like they weren't thinking in the future with it. I don't think they're so much thinking of the future, and you're right. It's, it's hard to play – it's hard to pay, and really nobody does, and I wouldn't expect the 49ers either to pay two receivers top money – together and i'll talk about why i don't think that even matters for these two guys in a second but i i think when they drafted Ayuk, it had nothing to do with debo it was that they were just they just needed wide receivers and they needed that position they still needed another really good wide receiver there so it was just a huge need for them and they saw the right player that they liked and they went and got him and actually went and traded up for him um, Peacock, and, I, don't, I don't i don't i don't like that answer this is the offseason we're supposed to stir the pot a little bit. no and here's, here's the great thing so and here's the great thing about it, it, so Debo being a, a second round pick, then a first round pick the next year, you get a fifth year option. So that stacks them by two years instead of one. So they're not back to back decisions, right? So 
here's the thing that here's where the foresight was. And this is why I'm going to say that they can keep both these guys and they'll both get second contracts with the 49ers. The question is, does Debo get the third contract or does IU get the second contract? Because they, I think the foresight here with the 49ers is okay, Debo, we'll pay you what you want, but it's a three-year deal. So Debo's already one year into his three-year deal that they signed him to. Right. So next year, 2023 is his second, the second year of his deal. 2024, fifth-year option for Brandon Ayuk, that's the third year of Debo Samuel's new deal. Mm -hmm. And if the 49ers re-up Brandon Ayuk, they can actually make that number come down with the signing bonus, have a low base salary in year one, the first year of that contract with Debo's last year of his contract together, overlapping to where it's not you're paying both guys at the same time, then Debo becomes a free agent, then Brandon Ayuk's contract kicks in bigger. So they don't actually have to pay both guys top dollar together so they can actually keep both players but it would definitely eliminate the option of signing Debo to his next deal and that's probably the plan that the 49ers right. will have I, I, I wonder how long Debo can play the style of game that, that yeah. he does and I kind of have a bone to pick with him a little bit because coming out we've talked about it right I mean we're talking about he was in the discussion for wide receiver one in that class if not for this freakish guy by the name of DK Metcalf but between him and A.J. Brown, it's like, man, it's like, man, which guy? They, they can all be wide receiver one. And and I'm talking about wide receiver one, not wide back. Overall. Not, you know, it's like yeah. when you watched him, back, it yeah. was quick, light on his feet, change of direction mm-hmm. was really good, and gave you everything else. And now he's kind of turned into what people say he is, right? Because they've been saying all, all this, and I'm like, dude, what are you guys talking about? Like, this dude's a 1,400-yard receiver. But this right. past year, it was very evident. He is a wide back, like not this yeah. what he was early on. Like early on, he was you know pushing up field, attacking guys' blind spots, turning them around, breaking it across their face. Like he was like running legit routes, putting uh, what he did to uh, the corner was it Griffin from Seattle? I mean, just just spinning him around at the line of scrimmage, break inside, push up, you know, stack, you know, work his leverage, boom, break outside, just destroying guys and he is not that right he's now. evolved yeah well, he's evolved in a weird way that you would have thought that he would evolve away from almost well yeah, that, that's what i'm gonna, saying yeah the yeah. beating on his body he's gonna take as this wide back yeah it's gonna shorten his career you know because yeah, most guys get better and better with their releases and their route running and the nuances of the wide receiver position he's almost like taking on the wide back thing and reverted from some of the wide receiver stuff and been like, yeah, I'm a wide back. That's what I am now. And it's almost, so, and it happened mid last season. Cause he was croc mentioned. He's yeah. a 1400 yard receiver, right? He was a receiver the first half of the year. Second half of the receiver is a wide back. He came back this year and we were like, Oh man, that's the best of both worlds. Cause he can be wide back, but he's going to be wide receiver one. And he was almost just wide back again. And when and I say wide back, I mean, right? they, they, like all his targets were, very specific, right? Like, and yeah. that's the part when you, when you want to know what a coach thinks about a player, just look at how they utilize them. And slants, maybe an over route and screens. I mean, and it we was, think that changes this year with with Christian McCaffrey going into a season, having a whole off season to kind of plan. Like that's more McCaffrey's style, right? Or these quick quick hits, like get him the ball in space, this and that. So does Debo go back? to being that 1,400-yard receiver? Do you think Kyle's just going to keep wide-backing so. him? I think there's some potential there for them to be like, okay, let's. Mm-hmm. this works out perfectly. Right. McCaffrey's our wide-back. He's our running back. We don't need to do that stuff with Debo anymore, but we can do that with Debo. But he can be a catch-and-run short stuff, but we got to get 
we got to we got to utilize him more as a wide receiver. And then I right. continue his development as a wide receiver. And it just feels like when you look at ahead at 2024, 2025, it's much more likely that Brandon Ayuk's going to be playing at a high level as a true wide receiver than Debo Samuel is at this point. But, you know, obviously every single year has been so different with all these guys, too. They'll show up next year and it feels like everyone's going to be playing different. Like that's the way right. the team has, has been. We'll, we'll see with Debo. He's my favorite player to watch on the 49ers. So much I love fun. His attitude. I love the way he Every time himself. he touches But the it, it has been, I don't want to say disappointing, because he is good. And even in every game, I mean, we, we watched what he did. Uh, who did the 49ers play in the, not the Cowboys, the game before the Cowboys? The Seahawks. Seahawks. What do you have, 130 re- receiving yeah, yards? So he had a 75-yard touchdown. So he's clearly that special guy. But I feel like there's there's more that he can get out of himself if he buys into really being the best version of a receiver and also have the other stuff. The other stuff's not going anywhere. Like you're always going to be that. But I remember yeah. him in the in the press conference saying, I don't I don't watch film on any guys. I don't watch anybody because they're not me and they don't do what I do. And I always took note of that. And I always just thought I think that's kind of shortening yourself, just not adding to what you are. Because now if you're if you if you add what these other guys are and what they do and understand how they win, you know, with routes and you add that to what you already do like come what are we talking about like how good of a football mm, player is that he's scary yeah yeah we'll, we'll see scary um, and and look with depending on what happens with the quarterback position there's a lot up in the air there there's a chance that both brock purdy and trey lance are both better than they were before and right yep. and, and that means the 49ers are gonna get better quarterback play than they've had and mm-hmm. you get better quarterback play and you get Debo that's like honed, and then you've got where, what Brandon Ayuk has become that people think he could be his own wide receiver one on a different team if he gets those kind of targets, and then Kittle and everything else, as long as they got protection up front with the offensive line, it'd be a really fun passing game for the 49ers next year with the full offseason getting uh, Christian McCaffrey ready as well for his role. So um, mm-hmm. that, that's, that, that's, the, that's the fun part of the anticipation, I think, for the 2021 season is that what that's going to end up looking like together. And, uh, and once this Coaching staff, once the draft and everything is done, and Kyle Shanahan's in the lab, he's going to cook up some some fun stuff there with uh, with Debo and Christian McCaffrey and Ayuk and, and the rest of the gang. We just got to figure out who's the quarterback. Right. Thanks, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen. Wink, thanks for joining us once again on another successful Winky Wednesday. Hopefully I'm back next week. I can get out from underneath this Kinlaw bus that Croc pushed me in front of. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, and who knows? I, I was waiting for the sound. There's a little sound when someone someone shows up in the obvi- the lobby of the podcast. Yeah, boom! All of a sudden, he's been watching. Like, oh, Javon Kinlaw got the link. How'd that happen? And he's- <laughs> you're gonna mori it. You're gonna be like, he's been backstage all along. Uh, we love you, Kinlaw. I, I'm hoping- Come on, eating food. I'm hoping Kinlaw breaks out. Bigger New York. All right, Croc and I back tomorrow right here. Locked on 49ers. <laughs>